All right, guys, so this is Noah Broderick. I'm Tyler Smith. And this is the Baseball in the Burroughs podcast. Let's go. everybody welcome episode four of the baseball in the burrows podcast we're coming to you on monday i'm with noah noah how you doing i'm doing well man this is awesome you know the activity that we're getting you know sometimes you have to brainstorm things to talk about and uh leave with stuff but with the winter meetings in full force uh, we got a lot to talk about it's a lot of fun yeah so uh we were originally going to do an episode on saturday we figured there wasn't too much to talk about saturday or sunday and Noah had the idea to kind of wait until the winter meeting started to record the episode on a weekday. Uh, we chose Monday because we thought maybe there would be someone signing. And sure enough, somebody did. So Strasburg just signed with the Washington Nationals. He's staying in D.C. Seven years, $245 million. We're going to jump into the Strasburg deal right away. First of all, Noah, how do you feel about this deal for Strasburg, for the coal sweepstakes, and how does this uh, affect the Washington Nationals? He got paid, man. That's a it's a huge deal, and uh, good for the Nationals because I, I thought that they might lose both of those players, and those are, in my opinion, the two players that were most instrumental in winning that championship. And for them to ink Strasburg back, who Rendon was their guy, you know, homegrown guy, but they've had links with Strasburg for such a long time, and they developed him. I just think that they had to bring him back, and that's a great move for them, and it's great for baseball that the winter meetings are really gaining a lot of traction and. People are into it, and they're getting a lot of radio coverage on MLB Network and all that stuff. And um, for us to get this signing on the first day, it's a big deal, and it's a lot of fun to dissect. Uh, um, he's obviously, in my opinion, he's a top ten pitcher in the league, and he's obviously elite in so many categories. And for the Nash to ink him back, I think that just bolsters their chances of going back to the World Series. So first, let's talk about this from a baseball perspective before we talk about it on the Garrett Cole and other pitchers on the market. So for the Nationals now, he's brought back to the Nationals. He's been there his whole career. This is a team who's coming off a World Series win. This makes the NL East stronger, obviously. And with the absence of Rendon, which is most likely going to occur, we're thinking he's going to get a big deal. Oh, he's out. Either he's yeah, out. in Texas. I agree for sure he's out. So the National East, the National League East is getting stronger again. Thinking that they could still get a third baseman there in Washington with maybe Donaldson. And apparently I've heard some teams like the Braves and the Phillies have checked in on Rendon. I don't think they'll sign him, but the NL East is shaping up to be really good again. We've seen a lot of teams, the Braves, the Nationals, and of course the Phillies have been active, except for the Mets and the Marlins, which is kind of annoying to see as a Mets fan, obviously. But it's shaping up to be another good year in the NL East uh, as far as fans' perspective goes. Where does this put the Nationals right now? Assuming they maybe go get Donaldson or at least one more bat for the offense, what is the outlook for them in 2020? I think they're still the prohibitive favorite in that division. And um, I know Atlanta's loaded. I, I have more questions about Atlanta's offense than most people do because I don't even know who's batting lead up for them at this point. If they bat Acuna leadoff, they'd all be second. They have Freeman third. I don't know who's batting after that. And I, you can't watch Nick Marcakis in that spot again. And they had Brian McCann retire. So they've got some questions that they have to answer in the offense. I saw the Rendon thing. I don't think Rendon's going to go there. I right. can't see Atlanta spending that kind of money. Yeah, they did do it. And um, I could see maybe trading for Bryant, but not until this grievance is settled. Um, I completely forgot about that, that they have to determine whether he has one more year before free agency or two. And these, and you know, I think that's going to be decided in the next couple of weeks. And I can definitely see that the Braves going after Bryant, but I think the Nationals are still the team to beat just because they won the World Series. They think they're, 
you know, won a ace back with Straw or with uh, Scherzer. And um, I just think that they can plug in a guy like Carter Keyboom, uh, for those who don't know. He was a top prospect for them. He came up and he had really well in limited action, and he can play third base. And um, I think that, you know, with Soto still in that lineup and Turner and Eaton and Kendrick coming back, they have enough offense where they could maybe bring in the Donaldson too. They have enough offense where they can still win that division. So I, I'd put them first, but I don't know about you. I think to put them first is probably accurate. I know that Braves team was pretty good. Although we saw that they've spent, I think it's they already have ninety-five million dollars or something like that committed to payroll in twenty twenty, uh, just in free agency like this past offseason. So I'm not sure how much more money they'll spend. So I don't think they're going to get Rendon. I don't know if they have the money to get Donaldson just based on the way they've spent. And with the Nat- the Nationals, it's interesting because Daniel Hudson was one of their better relievers out of a terrible bullpen, and I believe he's a free agent. So I'm not really sure what they're going to do with the bullpen. That's something that they have to fix. That's uh, so a big problem. It is. It's still problem. a big problem. In the playoffs, it worked where they had enough starters. Yeah, because you could do starters. Through, yeah, but they they can't do that in the regular season. And besides Doolittle, I don't really know who's going to get outs for them if they don't bring back a Hudson. Or you know, maybe they play in the Batances market for one year. I know Jack Curry reported that uh, Batances is looking at one year deals, and that's probably what he's going to take so he can get paid next year. Maybe they go there, but the Nats definitely have a lot of work to do on the relief market. But how are you feeling about the Mets right now? Where do you put them in that division now with Strasburg going back? And you know how strong the Braves are and the Phillies trying to make moves. Do you think you put them fourth? you put them third, second? What are you thinking? I think as of right now, I'm still going to put them third just because the Phillies really don't scare me. I know they got Wheeler. Wheeler's not a first or second starter in my opinion. I think at best he's a second starter. The Phillies still have offensive woes and bullpen woes, woes to worry about. And the Mets team, if they can just grab a starter and fix that bullpen a little bit, I'm sitting pretty comfortably knowing that they'll probably be in that wild card hunt. They have a good roster. Even last year when key players like Cano, guys like Diaz, they didn't even perform. In fact, for most of the season, Diaz was terrible. Cano was very up and down. So if those guys bounce back a little bit, I'm still hopeful. I just think that the NL East is only going to get stronger. I know the Phillies are going to continue to spin. So as of right now, I'll say the Mets are probably the third best team in the division, but they can quickly be the fourth best team in the division if the Phillies make some other moves. So we're going to have to watch out for that. I'm thinking they're going to go after Batances. They definitely need bullpen help and Brody in the front office. They've said that they need to get bullpen help and they're going to try to add a back end. They're going to try to add a back end starter for depth. So those are some moves to watch out for. We know they're not going to make a splash. The only splash they'll make is in the trade market. And apparently there were rumors of Lindor and Kluber today. They were talking about our MLB network, which I don't think either of those will happen. <laughs> or is that just your boy Weber? That's what Weber was saying. Shout out Weber for the trade proposal. That. That. I can't see that happening. Yeah, that would never happen, but he did tell me this morning that uh, they were talking about on MLB Network, but I don't think that's something that would happen. I know that Brody was talking uh, to the Indians about Kluber last year. I don't think there was much traction with the deal there, but we'll have to keep an eye out. I'm good at putting the Mets third. So we talked about Strasburg and what it means for the National League East and for the Nationals. We should now talk about what it means in terms of Garrett Cole's salary. Oh, God. So, <laughs> yeah. I'm already nervous. Yeah, man. so like we said. I'm going to be checking Twitter nonstop. If I'm not, I'm on Twitter. For you guys know me, I'm on Twitter, you know, enough anyway. So, yeah. the next couple of days aren't going <laughs> to. It's not, I'm not looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not because I know I'm going to be nervous. So yeah, I mean, we'll have, we'll have good talking points. But uh, so, Strasburg signed seven years, $245 million. That's an. AAV of $35 million, if I'm not mistaken. So Cole has – yeah. you, you learned that today? Big, yeah, huge guy. Nah, uh, I've, I've known that one. What is it, annual average value? Annual yeah. average value, that's what it is? Yeah, yeah, average annual value. I'm a big AAV guy. I said AAV because I didn't know what it stood for, but I think annual average value is easy enough to guess. Um, anyway, so Strasburg's older than Cole. He's got more uh, – he's had more leverage on his arm – 
So I'm thinking Cole at least gets another year. Apparently Heyman tweeted out the Cole goal is nine to ten years, which I don't think will happen. Right now it seems well, like the Yankees out if that's the case. Yeah. They're not going ten There's, years. Maybe, I mean, maybe nine, but not ten. Yeah. There's no chance. I mean, the Angels are more desperate anyway. Not that they're more desperate. The Yankees are in a position to win and they really want them. It seems like right now Cole is sitting in that eight two eighty, maybe eight three hundred area, especially considering what Strasburg got and how Cole's a better pitcher and he's younger. So eight two eighty is a lot already. I think that's also thirty five AAV. And then the eight three hundred is close to forty million. If you were the Yankees, would you give him the eight three hundred or no? Yeah, I'd give him anything. Uh, I'd give him eight forty AAV if I had to, because this is the Yankees' window to win. You know, we can talk about the years and the future all we want, but there's only one ace that's going to be available now this year and probably in the next couple of years. You know, we have Tanaka and Paxton and Half all coming off the books next year and free agency. If they can put Garrett Cole and Luis Severino as 1-2 into that rotation for the next five years, they're going to win a championship. I, yeah. I think it's just inevitable that they're going to have they're going to be able saying. to win one one yeah. year. And there's, this is the time for the Yankees to bounce. And he's the guy that they've always wanted. He's the guy that they should overpay for. Um, because if you, if you don't overpay for him, you're not going to get him. And then they're going to be regretting it when they lose in the ALCS again. Because they can't keep relying on this bullpen strategy where they get four innings out of their starters. And then they turn to these guys, and these guys are fumes by you know the eighth or ninth game of the postseason. So, I think the Yankees will overpay for him. I think Brian Cashman and Hal Steinbrenner and company all realize that this is the guy, and this is something they need to do. And um, I'm excited for it. You know, I hope it breaks tonight or maybe tomorrow. Um, but I, I think the Yankees are going to end up with them. I'm nervous about the Angels because I'm nervous they might give them that ninth year or the tenth year, um, just because Artie Moreno is really desperate. But um, I'm cautiously optimistic right now. So the thing with Cole is. And a lot of people don't realize it. It's that when you have a player that's as good as him, he's coming off of a year and a half of complete dominance. You could argue that he should have won the Cy Young in 2019. The thing is, when you have a player no, that's when, yeah, when you have a player that's that good and he's still what 29 years old, you have to overpay for him. There's no way a guy who can command that much money and can get offers from other teams. There's no way you're going to get him on a bargain or get him on a team-friendly deal. If you want him, he's the best pitcher in baseball, give or take. You have to overpay for him. There's no way I'm you're going to get something. That, it? Yeah, it's it's I'm just I'm just saying it for the purpose of this argument because it's Degrom, obviously. But well, he's um, the best free agent pitcher yeah, ever. Yeah, and I don't think there's a debate about it. Yeah. you can look back in the last decade and you say, okay, who are the best free agent pitchers? You had Scherzer, who's the only guy that you can argue is on that Cole level. Besides that, you had Price, you had John Lester, um, Steven Strasburg this year. I, I think Cole is right there with Max Scherzer in terms of age when they're free agents and pure stuff and longevity that they're going to be able to have. And I, I think you've just seen the Nationals pay for these guys, and they just won because of it. They paid yeah. for Corbin. They paid for Scherzer. They just paid Strasburg. And paying these guys seems to win. So uh, if I'm the Yankees and if I'm the Angels, I'm giving Garrett Cole whatever he wants. It's, yeah, it's a lot of money. But like I said, he's the best pitcher in the free agent market right now, one of the best free agent pitchers, if not the best free agent pitcher ever. So you have to pay him because I was saying this before to other people. If you don't give him the money and you don't get him, who's in your starting rotation now? You're going to get a guy like Bumgarner, who's he's been on the decline the past couple of years. We think he could yeah, bounce talk, back. You talk about him getting a hundred million dollars. Yeah, but it's like, like if he gets a hundred million, then Cole should get three hundred million. Yeah, and the thing is, Cole's three times the pitcher Bumgarner is at this point. Yeah, and you're if you get Bumgarner, he's not the X factor that's going to win you that World Series like Cole is. And then if you don't get Bumgarner, who else is on the market? I can't even think of anybody else in the market at that point. You'd probably have to go to Michael. the. I mean, yeah, but Keuchel's, Keuchel's a guy in the Yankees Kluber. rotation. He's a There's fourth a, or fifth Kluber's starter. Kluber's a one. A one. That's a guy you could Cole trade for. But you have Cole one who's like high one. Kluber's like that low one, high two kind of guy yeah. at this point. 
And so I expected this to happen. I figured the first two guys off the board would be Strasburg and Wheeler because they're not Cole, but they're right below him. Obviously, Strasburg's better than Wheeler. So at this point, it's definitely do or die for the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken, because this is the guy they want. And it seems like the only other suitor is the Los Angeles Angels. We heard the Dodgers, they have their names in there, but I don't think the Dodgers want to give him a long-term deal. It seems like they do that Harper thing where they'd give him a good AAV, but they'd give him fewer years. So I think it's a two-team race at this point, Yankees and Angels. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the Yankees are going to submit their offer tonight. That's what a bunch of reports are indicating. And I haven't heard much about the Angels, but they may be laying in the weeds and just telling Boris whatever the Yankees give will give more. Yeah, um, that's that's kind of what I'm scared of. Um, but I think it's going to come down to those two teams, and I think it's going to break soon. And what? like I said, I think the Yankees are going to end up with them because the Yankees have, in my opinion, the best bullpen in baseball. They have this best lineup to Houston, and you can argue that because the Yankees had the most run scored last year. And with Cole in the Yankees rotation, it's a top three rotation, maybe top five. Yeah. But when you have Cole, Severino, Paxton, Tanaka, I don't think with that offense and with that bullpen, you're not going to lose a playoff series. And we were talking about the whole geography thing in the earlier episodes. Maybe Cole wants to go to the West Coast. We heard the bottom line is he wants the money and he wants to win. And regardless of who you are, who you're a fan of, the best chance to win right now is if you go to the Yankees. And so I was saying this before to some people. Even if, let's say the Yankees do 8-280 and the Angels do 8-300, if I'm Cole, I'm still going to the Yankees because they have by far the best chance to win. If you're staying there for eight years with that core of that bullpen – you're pretty much guaranteeing yourself a World Series at some point, especially if he pitches the way he has for at least the next three or four years. I feel like maybe taking a little less money, I'd still pick the Yankees. I don't think the Angels – would they even have the money to spend on other players on offense and in the bullpen? Because I don't know well, what they, they could – Well, they have for $400 million. They That's what I'm saying. I don't know if they have the money to they spend – They with $40 million a year or something. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I don't know how they would build a contender immediately over that, whereas if you throw Cole into the Yankees rotation – they're immediately the best team in baseball, in my opinion. So if I'm Cole, I'm going there. Well, I'm clearly not Cole. I'm not going to decide for him. He's going to make uh, the decision at the end, him and Boris. But that's something we should definitely keep our eye on. All right, so now with Strasburg off the board, we have Wheeler off the board. We talked about Cole. The other big free agent we want to talk about right now is Anthony Rendon. And so what we've heard from the Nationals front office, Noah, is that the Nationals, they're most likely not going to spend on both of those guys. And now that they signed Strasburg, chances are Rendon's not back in the DMV. So Rendon's one of those guys, you got to imagine he's going to get in that 300 million plus range. It seems like Texas and the Dodgers right now are the two favorites. And like I was saying before uh, on the radio show this weekend that we have at Penn State, it's weird if Rendon goes to Texas because I know he's a Texas guy. They're opening a new stadium, and so that's attractive from the Rangers' perspective. They want to bring in a guy to sell uh, tickets. But I don't know if they'd immediately be a contender. They still have a lot of problems in the rotation, in the lineup, and in the bullpen. The Dodgers seem more appealing. What would the Dodgers do if they had Rendon in their lineup? Because Turner's their third baseman. Would they move him to second base, put Muncie at first? How would that work? It would be really interesting. Um I'm trying to envision something that they could do. Uh, you know, they could trade Corey Seager if they sign Rendon. I think Turner would move to second. Gavin Lux would move to short. They're set on having Lux play either second or short. Oh, okay, yeah, I forgot about Lux. And then keep Muncie at first. They could do that. Um, it'd be it'd be it'd be a juggling act. I thought I made the prediction. I think on our second episode or first episode, that Donaldson would go to the Dodgers, and I kind of had that in mind back then. So the same thing goes for Rendon. Um, I think the Dodgers will make a big play for Rendon because they need a star player in the worst way. But granted, you could tell me Cody Bellinger, and you know I, I get 
Bellinger's stats were amazing last year. He's a really good player, but I've never seen him dominate the postseason game. Like, he's never taken over a game where I can say, man, he was the difference in them winning that game. He kind of just feasts, I feel like, on some bad pitching in the regular season. Uh, kind of similar how I feel about Gary Sanchez, but Bellinger's obviously the tier ahead of Sanchez. And um, I, I just think the Dodgers need a hitter like that besides Turner who can have that big at-bat in the big spot. And, um, you know, Rendon gave that to the Nationals against the Dodgers. They saw it firsthand. So I think, Dodgers, I think the Dodgers will end up with Anthony Rendon. Um, but I think it'll take a little bit longer for them to wrap that up because the uh, Morris is all worried about Garrett Cole now and he just got Strasburg done. I can't see them signing all three guys at the winter meetings. So I think that with Cole ramping up right now, I think we'll see Rendon sign probably next week. But I, I don't know how you feel about that. Yeah, it really depends, honestly, when he signs, obviously, with the other Boris clients. And in terms of from Anthony Rendon's perspective, it really depends what he wants. He just got his ring. We know he's going to get a lot of money. It depends if he wants to win again or if he wants to be the man in Texas. They don't have a great roster right now. They just signed Kyle Gibson. They have a couple other decent players in there. So I don't think they'd immediately Wait, you mean, be a contender. You mean Kyle Gibson doesn't excite you? Kyle, I mean, as much as Kyle Gibson does excite me, I mean, if I'm them, as soon as his contract's over, I'm giving him a, a DeGrom extension. But, but um, I'm thinking if he does go to Texas, then they're not an immediate contender. Like I said, they still have a lot of uh, holes in their roster. It really just depends what Rendon wants, honestly. If he wants to win again, he goes to L.A. And if he wants to be the man, he wants to get the biggest check, and he wants to kind of reboot a franchise, he goes to Texas. It's as simple as that. I was talking you think to there's you- like a sleeper team waiting for Rendon? Like yeah, the I Mets mean- maybe with Steve Cohen. I'm, I'm not asking you like genuinely. I'm not trying to. Big no, 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 yeah. I know that's your Twitter handle. Yeah, that, uh, it was, it was. I think it was like Tyler Anthony Rendon to the Mets Smith for a while, and then my Twitter background was uh, the tweet said like Anthony Rendon met with, but I cropped out the with, so in my background just, just said Anthony Rendon met. Yeah, I mean, as much as I'd love Rendon, it's we know it's not going to happen. We've heard a couple NL East teams. I think it was a Heyman tweet. Um, the Braves and the Phillies are looking at Rendon. I could see the Phillies throwing a lot of money at him. Whether they do or don't, we'll have to see. Because remember last year, the Phillies said they wanted to spend stupid money. Yeah, I mean, I think they're wrapped up on Bryant and Didi. I, I just don't. I don't see Rendon going the team up. Yeah, Harper. I mean, I don't either. It's I feel just, like he, I, feel, I, I don't think he wants to stab the Nationals like that. Yeah, I mean, they ended on such good terms. He was their guy for a while. They won the World Series, and the Phillies it would be a pretty good fit. They would be a lot better. The NL East would be stronger. I just think L.A. with the Dodgers and Texas are the only two spots. Any other final thoughts on Rendon? Are you ready to move on? Uh, let's move on. We'll, we'll wait later in the week for Rendon. Yeah. Okay, so the last thing we're going to touch on on this episode of the Baseball in the Burrows podcast, before we get into a fan question, we had the Tommy Pham trade happened last week into the weekend. Noah, take this one away for us. Yeah, so the Padres and Rays on Thursday night agreed to a deal that sent Tommy Pham and prospect Jake Cronworth uh, to the San Diego Padres in exchange for outfielder Hunter Renfro and shortstop Xavier Edwards. And, um, I think you, you might have seen the clip of Blake Snell not too happy about it on, yeah. his, uh, on his Fortnite stream or on Twitch. Um, it's a weird move. I think the Rays are just trying to cut salary at that point because that's how Tampa has to operate even though they won 95 games because Pham is a better player than Renfro. Renfro was... I want to say league average, but maybe a little bit below league average last year uh, in terms of all facets except for his power. Yeah. Um, he Renfro was, kills lefties. So Renfro I think Tampa, was 216 I, I Tampa batting average. Yeah. Like Paxton, he wasn't good. 
Renfro was, he was a 216 batting average, 289 OBP, 489 slugging, 778 OPS. Like you said, with the power numbers, 33 home runs, 64 RBIs for Renfro. So he's a guy, he gets the ball out of the ballpark, but aside from that, he doesn't provide too much. No, it's a high slugging percentage, high walk rate. So that's what Tampa likes. The bad news is that he doesn't really hit the ball unless he hits the ball out of the ball park. So it's it, he's an okay player. Edwards is a nice little prospect, uh, not a power hitter, but he's a contact speed guy who can play a good shortstop. And um, I think that's just Tampa trying to build up more ammo that maybe they can deal off in a separate package for a young controllable player. Yeah, And um, it, it's kind of a minor deal, but the Padres lacked guys who could get on base last year. And putting Tommy Pham at the top of that order uh, with Tatis and Machado, and I can't even say Eric Cosmer anymore. He's not that friend anymore. But, um, you know, at the top of the order with those guys, I think it makes San Diego a little bit more uh, formidable. And I hope the Padres are good because I think I said this in earlier episodes. That ballpark is great. Yeah, in San I want to go so badly. The fan base is good. They don't really get on the players too much. Um, it's just a play, like it's a chill atmosphere. And they haven't been good in a while, so I'd like to see the Padres good. So that's a positive step. Yeah, so Tommy Pham last year, 3.7 war, 273 273 batting average with 21 home runs, 68 RBIs, an OPS around 820. So he's a pretty good player. Um, The interesting thing with the Rays is you see them, they get Hunter Renfro. You know, he has power numbers. He's never been a hitter for average. I can never disagree with the race trade just because they've done so well in that front office with the limited payroll we saw them get tyler glasnow and tyler uh chris arch uh i messed that up tyler glasnow and austin meadows for chris archer there we go i got the it worst trade we're I've such seen. a bad trade for the pirates but, that was so bad i mean so bad. yeah the race archer have done really like, well archer could literally get cut yeah know, if he wasn't chris archer just with his numbers the last couple of years and meadows is going to be um you know middle of the order bat for a while and class now throws 100 and learn how to throw strikes in Tampa Bay. So, yeah, that was a great trade. Yeah, Chain Bloom's um, doing really good in that organization. I think – is he gone now? Did he go to the Red Sox? He's with the Red Sox. Yeah. He's the Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to have really a lot well. to do with the Red Sox. Yeah. Um, in, a, in a coming episode, hopefully the Red Sox will trade somebody. You know, they might trade uh, – we've heard rumors about Price and Aldi maybe moving, maybe attaching a young player like Benintendi to them. Uh, hopefully the Red Sox get some action going because it seems like they're desperate to get under that threshold and then we can get – our buddy Jack Lucas on here to talk the Red Sox. He yes, asked me today when he's going to come on. I want to get him on. He's good, uh, good personality to get on here, but we haven't really had too much to talk about with the Red Sox, so hopefully that comes soon. Yeah, and I only bring up Chain Bloom now because I got a couple Red Sox fans down here, and he was a name that was thrown around in the Mets GM hunt last year, and he was a guy I wanted them to bring in. Could you imagine Chain Bloom with uh, all the good things he did in Tampa Bay before he went to Boston? Imagine him under the Steve Cohen ownership, what he could do. Give me five Mets World Series rings in ten years. Yeah, right. Well, you got Brody. You're I, good. I got big you-know-what Brody. Uh, yeah, we're going to go into... Evan Diaz, Jed Lowry, Cano, all in the same offseason. Greatest offseason off of all time. You know, I can't even... It's hard for me to criticize him because I agreed with, like, two of those moves. I liked Lowry. Uh, well, the Yankee fans were complaining about Lowry. They were like, they wanted Lowry. They wanted Lowry over like, the Mayu more than the Mets paid Lowry. <laughs> that was literally something the Yankee fans were saying. Before we wrap up the fourth episode of the Baseball in the Burrows pod, we have our question of the week from a fan. Noah, what's the question? Who's it from? This is from longtime listener, in his words, uh, Peter McGrath. He only have four episodes. This is our uh, number one Baseball in the Burrows fan right here, Peter McGrath. Uh, Peter underscore MCG on Twitter. You can follow. Big Juice World guy. Uh, so Peter McGrath asks, this is for Tyler. How come Tyler keeps saying in the MLB instead of just in MLB? 
I it's guess, actually, like the wording of the sentence. Yeah. This is this is not a great first question for us guys. This no, is why we it's, need you to set a, in some points. <laughs> it's, no, it's a funny question. I didn't even think about it. I guess I do say in the MLB. And so from a grammar perspective, in the MLB translates to in the major league baseball. So obviously that doesn't work. I think the reason I do it is just because you say in the NBA, in the NFL, in the NHL. And obviously those translate in the National Hockey League, in the National Basketball League, in the National Football League. So that makes sense. So I think just in terms of flow, I say in the MLB, even though it's not correct. But Peter, if that bothers you, I will start saying in MLB if you want. I don't think that sounds really good, though. Like I'm saying Jacob deGrom. It's weird is a, to say when you're talking. I guess like when you tweet it, it's fine. Yeah, like Jacob deGrom is a top five pitcher in MLB. Because when yes. I say it, like I'm saying right. in the MLB, I'm not trying to say in the Major League Baseball. It's just kind of the way it flows. But when I'm back from college, we can have a discussion if you want. Maybe we can go out to dinner and we can really talk about this and settle it. But, uh, yeah, I'm not changing anything. I'm going to still say in the MLB. And if you don't like it, I'm sure one of your five other Twitter accounts can uh, say something about it. <laughs> oh, man, that's great. Uh, no, but thank you, Peter, for the question. We appreciate you uh, getting us rolling with the questions. Uh, to our other listeners, this is a reminder to send us questions so we don't have to talk about this. We can kind of <laughs> skip over the questions that we don't want to talk about. Uh, so, Again, you can send it to our Twitter handle. Um, I, instead of sending the email, since we haven't had anybody really do that, you guys can just DM us on Twitter, and that's at uh, BATBpod on Twitter. Um, if you guys are listening to this, you probably already follow. Uh, but if you have questions for the next episode, please send them there. And, um, you know, I'm, we're looking forward to a lot of MLB Network binge watching the next couple nights, and uh, hopefully we get some more news on Garrett Cole to break for you guys next time. Yeah, so keep listening to the pod. Follow us on Twitter at BATBpod. I'm at T Smith Sports. Noah's at Noah Broderick 20. We've hit over 110 plays on the podcast. We've hit over 100 followers on the Twitter in just under two weeks. So I want yes, to say a big you thank you to you guys. We really appreciate it. The best way to show your support is to rate, review, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or just follow us on Spotify or any of the other uh, podcast listening platforms. We appreciate the support. Yeah, and we're definitely going to continue on with this. We're having a lot of fun with it. That's going to end the fourth episode. You can count on us being back as soon as one of the big names gets signed. Until then, for Noah, I'm Tyler. Thanks for listening.